People have been designing their lives since the beginning of time. But lifestyle design is a relatively recent term to describe the process. On today's episode, you'll learn my definition of lifestyle design, how it changed my life, and why I think you would also benefit from the process. You are listening to Unconventional Finance, a podcast focused on personal finance and lifestyle design. I'm your host, Kimberly Crockett, and every week I share information, insight, and inspiration to help you design your ideal lifestyle. Hello and welcome to Unconventional Finance. This is episode number two, and today we're exploring the question, what is lifestyle design? Now let's get started. In the last decade or so, if you've had any interest at all in quitting your nine to five job, starting a business or traveling the world, then you've probably heard of Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is the author of the hugely popular book, The Four Hour Workweek. He is largely credited with popularizing lifestyle design and making people think differently about life and how it can be lived. Tim is the ultimate source for life hacking, and in the book, he talks about a concept called a mini-retirement, among other things, and a mini-retirement involves taking extended time off during your career to focus on a passion project, travel, or spending time with your loved ones. He basically encourages people to stop waiting for traditional retirement age to travel and live life. I find the idea of a mini retirement very interesting because it contradicts the type of deferred life plan that says that you should work hard during the best years of your life in the hope that you will someday be able to leave work behind and begin living a life that you enjoy. This is also known as traditional retirement. But Tim is saying you no longer have to follow that plan, that there's another way, and it's through this concept known as lifestyle design. While Tim's idea of lifestyle design focuses heavily on building a business, travel, and outsourcing, the unconventional definition is significantly more broad. But the one thing Tim and I both agree on is that lifestyle design can ultimately change your life. The unconventional definition of lifestyle design is much broader than what Tim described in his book. When I think of lifestyle design, I think of it in a more holistic sense, one that encompasses eight key areas of life that I refer to as the wheel of life. These areas are health, careers and work, community and physical environment, fun and recreation, romantic relationships, family and friends, personal development, and personal finance. First up is holistic health. And this includes your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So physically, are you physically healthy in general? These are the things that you want to think about. How do you feel most days? Do you have access to health care? Do you need support services? These are all the things that you need to think about when you consider your holistic physical health. 
mental and emotional. This relates to the ability to feel, express, and manage a range of positive and negative emotions. Can you carry out everyday tasks and build and manage positive relationships? Do you have the ability to cope with and manage change and uncertainty? And this is particularly important today in the world that we live in because so many things are coming at us unexpectedly. And we have to have the mental and emotional capacity to handle it all, or we need to know how to seek help when it becomes overwhelming. And then there's spiritual health. And this could be related to your religion, but the bigger question is, are you living a life of purpose? Do you have hope, moral virtues, responsibility, and a sense of peace and connection or harmony with the universe? What do you value? And these are things that we don't often think about on a regular basis, but it's really important to do a deep dive here and figure out what this means for you. Next up is careers and work. And I would say that this category is something that most of us are really thinking about more and more every day. And it involves thinking about what type of work you do and why you do that work. Is it because you really enjoy it? Is it meaningful? And even more importantly, is it enough? And when I say enough, I mean, is it enough intellectually? Are you really stimulated by the work that you do? Is it enough financially? Does it provide the resources that you need to live a life that you want to live? And also, is it enough mentally? And by this, I mean, are you feeling supported in your work? Are you feeling appreciated? These are things that you need to have in your work. This is something that you're going to be doing day in and day out for possibly years or even decades. So you really want to think about what kind of work you're doing and what kind of value does it bring to your life? Next, we have community and physical environment. And this is considering where you live and why. And do you have a support circle? And how do you want to participate in the lives of people in your community? This became an important factor for me when I moved to the suburbs of Chicago. I realized at that time that I really didn't fit in there because most of my friends lived in another part of the city. The lifestyle that was prevalent in the suburbs was not really where I was in life. It was a lot of married couples and I was single. Most of them had younger children and I didn't feel like that community was really appropriate for me. At that time, I wanted to be around a different group of people. I wanted to support different causes and communities and those were just not in my area. At the time, I also lived in a condo and I realized that maybe that was not appropriate for me either. As you can tell, I wasn't really sure what I wanted. So I started to think about the things that would make me happy. And that leads us to fun and recreation. And this means the hobbies that you have. Like, do you want to start a new hobby? Are you trying to maintain an older hobby that you've had for years? Do you want to learn new skills, reduce boredom, or find something that really challenges you? 
I really think everybody needs some sort of hobby. And I know sometimes in the business and online marketing world and all of that, you'll hear people say, turn your hobbies into a business. But I don't think that's necessarily appropriate for everyone. I think sometimes you really just need to have a hobby that's just a hobby. It's just something you simply do because you enjoy it. That's it. Now we move on to romantic relationships. And I'll tell you, this one is probably one of the most difficult categories for people to really explore because it's a very emotional category. It's related to making decisions about your current romantic status. So, for example, are you happy in your relationship? Is this a relationship that you want to maintain for the foreseeable future? Or have you noticed some red flags that need to be discussed And are there some decisions that need to be made? Along with that, do you have common goals with your romantic partner? And this is really important, especially when we start looking more into the personal financial aspect. But you have to have similar goals. You have to be going in the same direction. You want to explore your communication practices and determine if they are healthy. Do you know how to communicate with your partner? And I mean in a proper, kind manner so that you're not hurting each other every time you try to communicate. And you want to make sure that your relationship has a level of trust and commitment that really works for you and that also works for your partner. And so this category is very, very difficult because it involves asking and answering some very deep questions about your relationship. And sometimes I find that there are things that need to be discussed that have been buried deep within the person for a very long time. And sometimes that outcome is great and sometimes it's not. But irregardless, it's something that still needs to be dealt with. Another very emotional category is family and friends. And in this category, you look at many of the same things as you would in a romantic relationship. So you look at the quality the overall quality of your relationship, and you look at your communication practices. Are you communicating in a way that is effective and kind? Do you provide support to your friends and family? And in return, do they provide support to you? Are there appropriate boundaries? And boundaries are a very difficult thing sometimes when it comes to family, because we love our family. We love our friends. We have friends that are just like family. So sometimes it's very difficult to establish boundaries in our relationship, but it's still something that needs to be done. Okay, it's time for personal development. And this is a fun one because this involves lifelong learning. And I'm a big believer in lifelong learning. I love learning. And I think that learning comes in so many different forms. Like this does not have to be going back to college and getting another degree, although it can be if that's something you really want to do. But this can also include informal ways of educating yourself. There are so many different ways that you can gain knowledge these days. Thanks to technology, we can find a lot of different things that will fulfill us without feeling the need to always just go back to college. Like in the past, maybe that was the only way, but not anymore. So I'd like for you to think about this category in a positive way and in a way that will improve your life over time. You want to think about how you can develop your talents and your potential. 
What is something that you've always wanted to learn that you haven't had the opportunity to? Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our jobs and we get so focused on doing what's necessary for our jobs that we forget that sometimes you may just want to learn how to paint. And this goes back to what I was saying about fun and hobbies. Sometimes you just want to do something for you. And some of those skills can also fit into personal development because it can also be a hobby that you just keep as a hobby. But it can also be a skill that you can use elsewhere in your life. And so you want to think about what types of things you want to do to improve your life. And it could be something physical. It could be like travel. I put travel in this category because I think traveling and spending significant time abroad is very much a masterclass in personal development. So just explore this category and have fun. And I've saved my favorite category for last, and that's personal finance. And this category focuses on your financial literacy, how well you manage your money, making smart decisions, setting and meeting your financial goals. All of these are super important. And I always say personal finance is the glue that holds all the other categories together. And that's what makes lifestyle design and personal finance perfect partners for each other because they're interrelated. You can't do many of the things in the other categories without some way of bringing in personal finance and vice versa. So this category is important as a standalone category, but it's also kind of like it's always in the background. And that's what makes lifestyle design and personal finance perfect partners for each other because they're interrelated. You can't do many of the other things in the other categories without some way of bringing in personal finance and vice versa. So this category is important as a standalone category, but it's also always in the background of all the other categories. So if you think about, let's say, romantic relationships, Money is going to be involved, I guarantee you, somewhere in that conversation. And that's true for all the other categories as well. And so that's why we look at personal finance, both as a separate category on its own and also how it relates to all the other categories. These are just some of the considerations that need to be made during the lifestyle design process. As you can imagine, each area can get pretty deep and it may require you to think about the areas of your life in a way that you never have before. The fact is, most people have never gone through this process. Most of us live the default life, whereby we just go through life accepting whatever situation we're in, instead of creating the life we truly want. That's exactly what I did until I lost my job on October 22nd, 2010. All the signs of the default life were there, I just chose to ignore them. About two years before, I left a job that I truly love to move up to a higher level job that I ended up truly hating. I felt stuck and my misery only increased day by day. I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to be. All I knew was that I hated where I was. And then one day, I heard laughter and music from my office window that overlooked Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. I got up to look 
And right there on Lake Michigan, there was a group of boats and there were people having a party, like a real party at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. All I could think about in that moment was how is this possible? How is it that these people can be on a boat in the middle of the lake at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday? How is this possible and how can I do it? Now, at this time, I had a side hustle as a financial advisor, so I knew that it was possible for retired people who had worked their whole life in order to live that lifestyle. But those people on that boat were young, nowhere near retirement age. I was intrigued, and soon I was also on a mission, a mission to figure out how I could live a life of my own design. And as the days went on, I thought about my life from a holistic point of view, and I realized that it wasn't just my job I was unhappy with. I lacked a sense of purpose, and I really didn't like the direction my life was going in. The ironic thing about my situation is that from the outside, my life probably looked great. I had a quote unquote great job with excellent benefits and perks. I owned a condo in the suburbs, and I had just recently rented a room in a very swanky downtown condo close to work that I shared with a roommate. I ate at some of the nicest restaurants in downtown Chicago. I traveled internationally with my friends, and my only daughter had just left home for college. So I was technically an empty nester. But you know what? None of that has the ability to make you happy if it's not what you want. And I was finally able to admit that to myself. I felt so guilty for not being happy because I knew that there were so many people who would love to be in my shoes. And as as miserable as I was, it was for that very reason that I didn't quit my job. Losing your job is not typically a reason for a person to celebrate. But on October 22nd, 2010, that's exactly what I did. That day will forever be known as my freedom day because I was finally free to live my life the way I wanted to and I didn't have to feel guilty about it. On my final day, I left my keys, passwords, and Blackberry. Yes, I said Blackberry. On my desk and I left with a small box of personal items. I got in the elevator and I never looked back. The next day, I bought a new laptop and I headed straight to the public library where I spent 10 to 12 hours a day planning my new life. I evaluated every category of my life using the wheel of life and I got really honest with myself about what I needed and wanted out of life. In a little over three months, I sold all of my possessions and I traded my old life for a one-way ticket to Korea. Because of lifestyle design, my life was about to change forever. So to bring this story full circle, I have to tell you that I will never know how those people were able to be on that boat on Lake Michigan that day. But I can tell you, that four years after seeing that, I too found myself on a sailboat off the coast of China at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. So needless to say, 
I'm a big believer in the power of lifestyle design. And that's why I believe it's a process that everyone can benefit from. You don't need to be fully financially independent and ready to retire to make improvements to your lifestyle. You only need to get clear on what you want and set aside self-limiting beliefs so you can start making changes. You see, so many people go through life without ever thinking about what they really want out of it. They live the default life and just accept whatever life happens to throw at them. But I want you to be more intentional. I want you to build a life that is exactly what you want it to be. Now, that doesn't mean it will be perfect. There are many things in life we can't control, but why not control the things that we can? We live in a world full of opportunities, many of which go untapped. So why not explore the possibilities? Sometimes when I say this to people, they usually think that I'm encouraging them to quit their job, travel or move abroad. But that's not what lifestyle design is about. That was simply my dream. It's not about what I want for you. It's about what you want for you. This is one of the ways my definition of lifestyle design differs from others. Lifestyle design is not one rigid idea of what constitutes a dream life. It's simply a process, a process that will help you identify what you want most out of life so you can create a plan to achieve it. Your dream might be to stay home with your children, write a book, volunteer in your neighborhood, or simply find time to practice yoga every day. The key to all of this is that it must be what you truly want to do. I'm simply here to help you figure out how to make your dream a reality. So I recommend that you follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and keep listening because I will be sharing a ton of helpful tips and inspiration to help you design your ideal lifestyle. In addition to that, you can start the process right now by going through each category of the wheel of life and doing your own analysis. Again, the eight categories are holistic health, careers and work, community and physical environment, fun and recreation, romantic relationships, family and friends, personal development, and personal finance. Simply go through each category and think about where you are today and where you want to be. What's working for you and what's not working? You can look at this lightheartedly or you can do some soul searching and go really deep. I would recommend going really deep if you are truly looking for a lifestyle transformation. Once you know where you stand and where you want to be in each category, start to brainstorm ways to get yourself from point A to point B. Point A being where you are now and point B being where you ultimately want to be. One other thing I highly recommend is that you complete this part of the process alone, unless you have a spouse or a serious partner. You don't want to create unnecessary concern at this point because you're simply thinking deeply about your life. You're not ready to make any decisions. You want to think things through first. 
Later in the process, it's more appropriate to start sharing things with other people when you've nailed down what you truly want and have outlined a realistic path to get there. At this point, you don't want anyone to hinder your brainstorming. You're not hiding anything. You're simply giving yourself time and space to think. And I hope that's clear. It's almost time to wrap up today's show with some unconventional wisdom. But first, I want to let you know that if you have topic ideas or questions about life or money, you can submit a voicemail and I just might feature your question in a future episode. Head on over to unconventional.com forward slash podcast questions and let me know what's on your mind. I also put a link in the show notes. All right. When it comes to lifestyle design, the unconventional wisdom is this. Most people live their life by default. That means that they go through life with only a vague idea of what they want and how to use money to best support their dreams. Although Tim Ferriss is credited with popularizing lifestyle design, I believe the term has now evolved into so much more than what Tim described in his book. In unconventional terms, lifestyle design requires you to focus on the eight key areas of life and intentionally build a life that makes you happy in each of those areas. In other words, identify your dream and create a financial plan to support it so you can live your ideal lifestyle. Those are my words of wisdom. Take what works for you and leave the rest behind. To check out the show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode, head over to unconventional.com forward slash zero zero two. And if you would like bonus content, such as personal updates, tips, resources, and podcasts sent directly to your inbox, please be sure to join the life support email list. That's all I have for today. But always remember, if you don't play in your life, someone else will. I'll see you next time on the Unconventional Finance Podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend and remember to rate, comment and follow on Apple Podcasts. Have an excellent week and please join me for the next episode.